Alright, Richard here. During our last episode that came out last week, we did actually record a section looking at the transfer window and having a look at the transfers that happened towards the end of August that we didn't get to cover when we did our preview episodes. Unfortunately, neither one of us looked at the clock when we were doing it and it ended up being quite a long section that uh, I cut from the whole episode in order to keep the episode length vaguely tolerable for everyone to listen to. But having listened back, we thought it wasn't actually the dullest conversation that we've ever had. So we thought we'd put it out as a little bit of bonus content. So if you fancy having a listen to me and John talking about some of the transfers that went on towards the end of August and just the transfer window in general, then I dare say this might not be the worst episode of the Bundesliga Diaries you've ever heard. Uh, Just a bit of a heads up, we did record it, as I say, when we did our last episode, which was done between match day five and six. So, for example, Tedesco was still in charge at Leipzig when we recorded this, but I don't think that matters too much. But as I say, if you fancy a little bit of transfer talk, then uh, enjoy me and John doing exactly that. Our preview came uh, before the season started, of course, but that meant there was still a decent amount of time left for the transfer window. Um, and a month means that there's plenty of incomings and outgoings that can happen. And yeah, a lot of clubs were, were still busy and there were some interesting deals that were completed before the deadline. Let's have a look at the transfer window for the Bundesliga clubs. Um, and yeah, those incomings since we last recorded, there were there were some ones in particular that caught the eye. Um, Abdul Diallo returns to the Bundesliga with a low move to Leipzig. Liked him at Dortmund. Actually, I was actually... A little bit surprised that he that he went to PSG. I'm not sure that was necessarily his level, and that kind of seems to be the case now. But I also thought he did well for Dortmund. Was good at Mainz as well. So good to see him back. Certainly a Bundesliga level quality player, and will probably improve Leipzig as well. They they did lose a Pamecano. There has been a bit of turnover in their defense. So every team needs reinforcement, don't they? Exactly. I mean, yeah, it's always that this season we we keep on pushing that. It's vital that um you have enough options, and that's another centre half option, the option that they do now have for this campaign. Sehu Girassi goes to Stuttgart. He is a direct replacement for Sasha Kalidzic, who went to Wolves um and did his ACL in his first game, which is an absolute nightmare and gutting really because I'd, I'd love to see him do well. In, in the Premier League, I do like him. Garassi, he doesn't have as strong a record at all um, as Kalajic did. He's never scored more than 10 goals in a single league campaign. Um, it was always going to be hard to get somebody the same quality as Kalajic. So let's see how he does. Well, maybe Mislintat has seen something that uh, that you haven't, John. Perhaps. <laughs> does have a good track record as well, you know, with signings. I'll also give him that, but... Um, I mean, I've watched him French football, and now I do. I've seen a bit of him, you know. And he is a a big presence up front. He does work hard. Um, you know, he offers a lot of energy. There is that. But um, I know he only scored five goals in sixteen games last season, Kalajic. But he had a long term injury, and that kept him out for most of the campaign. And he scored seventeen the season before. So trying to replace those goals could be difficult. We'll, we'll see whether other players can step forward and and take that burden off him. Mergen Berisha to Augsburg on loan. Um, and Callum Hunter-Doy to Leverkusen on loan as well. Most of these deals are loans, to be fair. Obviously, as a Chelsea fan, I've watched a, a lot of Callum Hunter-Doy and not a massive fan 
if I'm honest. Really? So, oh, okay. um, that is Premier League football. So perhaps in the Bundesliga, it might be a little bit different. <laughs> Why were Bayern so all over him? Yeah, but that was a while ago now. Oh, okay. yeah, true. That's a fair point, actually. And yeah. I know he, he, had a, he had a long injury. He, had a, mm. he did his ACL as well. Maybe that has gone against him, but he just hasn't pushed on at all. Quite inconsistent, I would say. He's capable of, of, of good moments, you know, to score and, and assist. But Well, he set up a goal within five minutes of coming on at the weekend. So, I, And I feel like Leverkusen is a good side for him footballing wise from what I've seen of him obviously you've seen a lot more of him than I have but I kind of feel like he's he, he suits the Leverkusen style of play you would say it just feels so Leverkusen it's such wow. a Leverkusen deal isn't it <laughs> I mean you know a young player from the Premier League they've done that a couple of times recently you know with the Ari Gray as well don't forget he went there I think he'll do well and it might be a chance for him to kind of reboot his career a little bit if he can match his potential at Leverkusen, mm. then they've got a good player on their hands um, Berisha I don't know as much about it, if I'm being honest. I know he was at um, he was at Salzburg before and did relatively well there. Augsburg do need goal scorers and some goals, so you know he should certainly help in that respect. Timo Werner back to Leipzig um, mm. and then scores on his debut. Well, he scored with a bit of luck as well on his sure uh, sure on his debut. <laughs> but I'm sure he'll be glad to see the standard of the Bundesliga goalkeeping hasn't changed. Quite will help him, certainly. Um, but four goals already, like, it's just... doesn't look great in, in that respect, you know what I mean? If you can't hack it in another league, the step up, but then he comes back and he's already scored four. Um, yes. Fortunately, early Carland is doing the business for us, <laughs> for the Bundesliga <laughs> in the Premier League right now. But yeah... He wasn't that bad at Chelsea, though, was he? I mean... No, he wasn't that bad. He exactly. wasn't that bad. But he was nowhere near the player that he was at Leipzig. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, don't forget, when his last season before he went to Chelsea, he scored 28 goals in the league. Mm, yeah. And he didn't even get close to that in his whole time at Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. fair enough, fair enough. Um, I, still think, I still think he's a good player. I yeah. do, and I think he'll do well at Leipzig. Clearly, it's a place where... Better for better or for worse, he feels comfortable. Yeah, um, you know he, he was great there before. That's why he got the move. There was lots of clubs interested in him as well. So maybe that's a good match for them. You know, we'll, we'll see how he gets on. Uh, Julian Weigel to Gladbach is an interesting one. He left Dortmund to go to Benfica. Um, now still a a good age, a good midfielder there for Gladbach. Do you reckon he'll have a good impact on them? Yeah, I think that's a that's a pretty decent signing because he's still, as you say, he's still quite young. He's, uh, uh, I you know, I don't know how much of a good time he's had in Benfica, to be perfectly honest. But the fact that he's leaving probably says an awful lot. I was a little bit surprised that he left Dortmund to begin with, to be perfectly honest, because I thought he was a decent player, probably at Gladbach's level, good on the ball technically. I think will fit into the way that Farker wants to play. You mentioned it earlier with the fact that, you know, how much ball possession they have and how many passes and whatnot. He's a, I think he's a good technical player mm. that can fit that style without maybe doing anything too sort of noteworthy, so to speak. Certainly a good squad player in any case. He does have the record for the most passes ever in a Bundesliga game as well. Uh, if anybody didn't know that. Just to I did not put it know out that. There. Um, so, yeah, if you can... Uh, <laughs> kind of live up to that um that ability or that level then uh, you know but we will be a good signing for that back and fits in then to what Fark's trying to do in terms of controlling possession mm. there was a left back exchange between Hoffenheim and Leipzig Angelino went to Hoffenheim David Raum went to Leipzig um who got the better deal of that I mean I really didn't understand or think that David Raum was that much of an upgrade on Angelino 
Really good left back, don't get me wrong, for Hoffenheim. And he deserved a bigger move. Mm. But I just didn't understand why it was Leipzig signing him when it was quite clear or felt obvious that he was a that Dortmund would have been far better if it would have been a far better place for him because he's definitely going to be a, an upgrade on whatever they have there. Um, and there's a lot, quite a bit of pressure, I think, at Leipzig to, to replace a, a player who's done well for Leipzig as well. He's, he's performed well, impressed. Absolutely. I think that they are pretty much probably quite similar to each other and it didn't really make much sense. It just feels like you're sort of swapping one left back of a certain quality for another left back of a certain quality and you know, neither team seems to have got much of an upgrade, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Anthony Modest going to a Brutal Dortmund. We mentioned it was going to happen, didn't we, on the, on the preview? Um, and that was it was very, very quick move there. Um, they needed to pick up a striker after Sebastian Haller's situation, um, which we also mentioned. I know you're not a massive fan of it at all, are you, Richard? Not massively. I understand from Dortmund it's very, very difficult because what you're trying to do is essentially buy a player who you're saying, do you know what? We only really need you until Haller comes back. Yeah. So we're trying to get in a bit of a stopgap, which doesn't really it doesn't really probably make you feel that wanted as a player. Sure, yeah. So they're kind of needing to buy a player who probably sees Dortmund as like, oh my God, what a move for me. I don't care. I'm I'm at Dortmund. It's a great club and I might even be a little bit above my station. So they're probably not going to be able to buy anyone that decent. And Modest only had one year left on his contract anyway at Köln. Get him for, what, five million it makes sense in that regard, but I don't really think he's that good. And it, what are Dortmund now going to say? Right, well, we're going to play and just start putting a load of crosses into the box. I mean, that that is the issue, isn't it? They've got to change a little bit the way they play because I know Haller is a, a it's a big player. You know, he's a big guy, but he can play football. Yeah, exactly. He, he's he's good with the ball at the feet, uh, with the ball at his feet, and that's not a problem for him. I don't see the same with Modest. I don't see Modest as particularly that good in one-on-one situations either like playing him through one-on-one I'm I'm not that confident get the crosses into the box get his head on things he can cause a nuisance and he can score some nice goals in that regard but as I say it's a completely different way of playing and I just think was there no one else that Dortmund could have got that would have been a little bit more suitable to the way that they want to play but who I mean, like you got to look at the options, and I actually think Modest is, is a good option. I mean, I understand that respect, but what, what you mean? But he is a proven goal scorer in the Bundesliga. He's done it in numerous seasons. He was cheap, a cheap mm. option. Mm. Um, as you said, he was a player who's willing to go and make that move for a short amount of time. Look at all the other players. Who who, who are you going to get? I mean, I'm just trying to think, look at Bundesliga players, and I can't really think of of anybody who would be good enough to go and lead the line at Dortmund. Because I think Modest has done enough to at least earn the opportunity to mm. lead the line for a club um, in the Bundesliga or a, a, a top team. There aren't, there aren't that many options and there weren't that many options of players available. I don't I don't think there was another realistic option that they could have got unless you try and pick up one of the um, out-of-contract strikers like Edison Cavani maybe. I know he's now picked up a club, but it was that kind of player you're thinking who is at the end of his career so may just come and help for, for a season, wouldn't really mind. I think that's a fair point. All in all, yeah, particularly when you mentioned you're bringing someone in who's 
shall we say, yeah, you say proven in the Bundesliga. Someone who knows the league very well would probably be a better way of saying it. He is proven in the Bundesliga. He scored 20 goals in at least two different seasons. Well, that's two seasons out of how many? That's but, but it's still, I would say that's, that's enough to be proven. He was a goal every two games for Köln. Yeah, okay. I mean, I know that I know that used to be considered actually really, really good. There's obviously forget Messi and exactly. Lewandowski and, yeah. and needs for for the average player in the Bundesliga. One in every two is a good record, and it still is a good record. Fair point. Fair point. Then it definitely makes a lot of sense. It's just having watched him play so far at Dortmund. It's just noticeable that he's missing chances that I think Dortmund would generally like their striker to convert. <laughs> yeah, but then it's a nightmare for anybody going there because you have to replace Erling Haaland, ultimately, because Haller hasn't played a game. Mm. So he, he's not the man we're, we're talking about to replace, ultimately. You're replacing Haaland, who is quite obviously the best striker in the world or one of the top three best strikers in the world. Nobody can live up to that standard. Nobody that Dortmund could realistically get could live up to that standard. You've also got the problem that Adeyemi has been injured now and mm. isn't really playing. You know, so he might be somebody to support a little bit up front, um, Modest coming mm. in. And he hasn't got that either, you know. So I think it's I think it's a good deal for Dortmund, and I think he will have relative success. He is not gonna match the goal scoring exploits of his predecessor because he's not that good. Mm. But if Dortmund can modify their style a little bit and they have tried to do that under Terzic. You see they're really attacking um, the the flanks as much as possible. Then he can get some joy but they have to play to his strengths because I don't think he's a player, certainly not in this stage of his career where he can modify his game to come to and play Dortmund's way or mm. a different way. So yeah. we'll see. Um, some outgoings to discuss now. This one really did come out of nowhere. Um, Manuel Akanji's move to Manchester City. Has Guardiola not watched um, the Bundesliga for the last few years. I mean, perhaps he's saying that anybody can defend for, for City if you've got Haaland up front. Well, yeah, Guardiola's mad like that. He just thinks that he can coach anyone to play any way and that, you know, it doesn't really matter. He's a, he's clearly a, a, a backup, backup option. They've got a couple of sensitive injuries um, to their backups, so that, that's why he's coming. But there's no way that he's good enough to play or to be a key player for City. No way. He's gone in two and a half, three years, if that somewhere else don't see him staying longer than that he's, he is very much just a stopgap for now yeah I'd probably go along with that it's certainly uh, it wouldn't really be exciting if I was a City fan but thank fuck I'm not so. <laughs> good money for Dortmund as well 18 million was yep. the, the, the fee. I think that's good he clearly been phased out he, Dortmund have got other options that they've gone with and, and are clearly um, ready to move forward with so I think it was a good deal for them we mentioned the Sasakalajic move to, to Wolves as well, didn't we? Um, he's done well in the Bundesliga and good move for him. It's just so gutting that he had that injury straight away. He's already, he's already had such a long, um, long-term long injury as well and recovered from that. And now it's the same again. Like, oh, heartbreaking. Yeah, the only hope that it, it doesn't sound like he's torn uh, his cruise or anything like that, but there's definitely a, an injury to it. You just hope that it's not as serious as uh, what it might turn out to be. He's talking months, months out. That's what he's already already yeah. said. You know, it's going to be months. So, you know, only perhaps fortunate is that the World Cup comes in middle way, midway through November. So, you know, you cut out that and then yeah. 
bit more time to recover then for when the season starts up again um, in England, you know, at the end of the year. But yeah, disappointing. And I'd love, I'd love to see him do well when he does come back because I think he, he has the profile that could really fit into a Premier League side and really perform well. Mirko isn't here, unfortunately, hmm. to discuss this one. But Philip Kostic uh, completed his move to Juventus. He started the first game, didn't he, against Bayern, played that one. Already felt by that point that just about the time before he left. It's a loss. I mean, I know we we share some similar opinions, hmm. don't we, compared to Mirko? But it but it is a loss because he's a player who, on his own, can provide game changing moments. And whether they have enough of that now, you know, they brought in Goetze, um, who has performed quite well so far. Daishi Kamada is a really talented player. Kulamwani um, has started well as well with Frankfurt. So they have got other players who can provide those moments now. But but he was really the the linchpin, the talisman last season for them in the Europa League, especially. Yeah, I mean, I, I've always been a massive fan of him. And, and I do think it's a shame, as I said in the last episode, that they're not going to be playing in the Champions League with him because he's mm. been as big a part as anyone of getting them there. But I can understand why they've sold him and they got good money for him. Better than maybe committing him to a, a, you know, a last big contract and then being stuck with him. Sure. That you know, okay, maybe he might have played a lot this season, but then in the next season or the season after that, then you're stuck with a player who is earning a load, has quite an important standing within the team, but maybe he's not being able to deliver the performances. So maybe cash in now and and look to rejuvenate the squad. And I also think they're fairly capable of compensating it with the other players that they've got. In terms of needing someone to be able to put in some good crosses and and bring some pace to the team, et cetera, et cetera. Then Kostic was fantastic. But in terms of needing some creativity, they've already got players, like you mentioned, bringing Goethe in, but also they've got someone like Kamada who looks outstanding. He's Mm. had such a good start to the season, looked good last season. In terms of creativity, I don't think Frankfurt are struggling in that area. It's just maybe... The the fact that he certainly brought them a lot of width, which was really helpful. And maybe yeah. they've lost that to a certain degree. But I don't think they've lost out too much creatively because of the players that they still have in the squad. He wanted to go, didn't he, ultimately? And um, as much as he has contributed and as important he is to Frankfurt's team, or was important to Frankfurt's team, then if you don't want to be there, you don't want yeah. to be there. Just got Champions League football. I yeah. mean, if he's not don't want to be there now, he's never going to want to be there, is he? So yeah. it is probably best to, to to let him go. They didn't get as much money as they would have liked. I don't think it was a relatively low fee. Um, 15 million, wasn't Something it? like that. Probably worth a little bit more. Even though he's 29, he's not getting any younger, but they would still look to get a little bit more than that, I think. So a little bit disappointing in that respect, but I think Frankfurt will be okay. You know, they've last couple of games, you know, where they've shown um, improvements, certainly going forward and scoring eight goals in the last two games. Maybe they will be all right. Uh, and then another outgoing just to discuss, finally, um, Ricardo Pepe to, to Groningen. Um, he was Augsburg record signer, of course, remember when they spent 20 million on him, didn't score a goal, and now he's gone out on loan. Transfer the with an American investor coming in, you know, US starlet, the asylum, hmm. and it just hasn't worked out at all, has it? Just has been a fud. I find this such a weird transfer to send someone out on loan, even if you're going to say, oh, he needs game time or maybe play in a slightly lower quality of league to be able to still make the transition 
up into the Bundesliga. I just think, play him at Augsburg. He's still probably going to be one of their better players and give him game time at Augsburg. I don't really understand what it's likely to bring to go off on loan for one year. Yeah, I do agree with that. If they don't fancy him, they don't fancy him though. Do you know what I mean? So if they feel it's a mistake, then... But just because he hasn't scored already, that I mean, already writing him off as a mistake? or I, I, I don't really understand that either. The impression I get is he was only signed because of the investor. That's the only reason they signed. It doesn't look, look like a profile of an Augsburg player at the moment, certainly the way they're playing. The new manager is a, is a different matter in that respect, but if he doesn't fancy him, doesn't fancy him, what are you going to do? You've got to try and get him some way to refine his form a little bit. Um, you can go and do that at Groningen and then come back to the Bundesliga. Even if he can't then do it at Augsburg, you might still get a fee if you, you then sell him on. Um mm. That's what happens when you've got investors calling shots on transfers. It doesn't make any sense. And um, Augsburg ultimately are paying for it. Weird, weird one, really. Yeah. So, yeah, the the Bundesliga transfer window, the club spent €484 million, Euros, which was the fifth highest in Europe. It was the lowest um, of Europe's top five leagues. €44 million net profit, though, across the board, which I think too often gets... I don't know, nowadays we talk about transfers, it seems to be like a negative thing almost to have like a, <laughs> have a profitable net spend. Do you know what I mean? Like like a stick that we beat clubs with. You know, you're not investing, you're not looking to push forward. Um, but for Bundesliga clubs, it is important for them to do that. Certainly below buy-in. Well, certainly if you look back to when Corona first stopped the league and there were reports that quite a lot of clubs in the Bundesliga and the fight of Bundesliga, but definitely in the Bundesliga, were saying that the fact that there was the, what, two, three-month break or whatever was possibly going to cause them to go out of business or to go bankrupt or to register really high amounts of, of losses, which, first of all, showed just what a poor state of affairs, you know, professional football in Germany is in and why there needs to be reforms. That It can't be that clubs are looking to go out of business or worrying about whether or not they can stay in business just because it suddenly stops for a couple of months. And so the fact that so many clubs or that just in general the league has made money in this transfer window is hopefully sort of showing that some of the clubs are looking at this and going, okay, do you know what? We do need to, we need to recoup some of the losses that we've made in during the Corona times, but also we just need to be careful of making sure that our transfer windows aren't uh, always making losses because Mm. you never know what might happen. And we need to be a little bit more responsible. Um, There are a lot of clubs, I don't know, you know, the general attitude to debt in Germany, just not involved in football, just in general, you know, people don't like to, be in debt in Germany um, and I think the the clubs are looking at going right actually it's probably not a good thing that we're doing this so let's maybe change our, our ways and earn a little bit of money uh, and make a little bit of a profit I don't really see that um, as a as a bad thing I think it's quite interesting that they should spend the least out of the top five leagues but then they're the league that made the most profit if I'm not mistaken yeah yeah I mean that is true 11 clubs made a profit during the transfer window uh, seven didn't and the clubs included in who didn't make a profit are Bayern Dortmund and Leverkusen so three of last season's top four are amongst the clubs that didn't make a profit right? mm. so looking further down the line and all those clubs who need to need to have made profits so that is good 
can we do try and remind how different the Bundesliga is from the Premier League? And when you look at the the numbers from the Premier League, it's, it is a totally different world, isn't it? Um, the 20 Premier League clubs spent 2.25 billion euros. And that's more than four times the Bundesliga spend. And they also made a loss of 1.3 billion, mm. which... Is insane, yeah. Quite frankly, we've said it a lot outside of the Bundesliga bubble, but it gets said a lot that um, the Premier League bubble is if it's going to burst. I mean, it might never burst to be honest. It just <laughs> seems to be getting more outrageous as we go. And there's been enough. There's been enough um, catastrophes and uh, disastrous situations for it to be thrown off. And it, you know, Corona seems to be nothing but a blip, quite frankly. So I don't know the ins and outs of FFP. So you know, I don't want to make make those comments. And Premier League clubs earn a lot more in terms of TV deals. They do. You know, that, that can't be doubted, but it's it's crazy, crazy, crazy numbers. Absolutely, absolutely. Although, funnily enough, you mentioned uh, FFP. Uh, Union are actually, they have passed FFP, but only on a technicality due to the concessions that have been put in place for Corona. From next season, I think it is, uh, if Union want to play in Europe, then they need to make a lot more of a profit than what they did this season in order to to counteract the amount of uh, money that they've uh, that they've lost over the last however long FFP is measured, there was a, a report that came out, and I think Dortmund and Union were definitely two of the clubs that said you've technically passed it, but from next season you need to change this because if it was without the Corona concessions, uh, you wouldn't be allowed to play in Europe. You would hope again, certainly for Union's case, Dortmund's a little bit different, but for Union's case, being in the Europa League should bring in an increase in money. Full stadiums from the start of the season as well for Bundesliga clubs. That wasn't the case last season. Yeah. For Dortmund, you mentioned Dortmund, but an 80,000 seat stadium. It's yeah. a lot of match day revenue. Yeah. Um, so you hope that as long as things don't go to shit with Corona again, that'd be, that'd be good for, for those clubs in particular. But yeah, you know, as, as we say, it, it's different in the Premier League, but in a lot of ways, it's it's why why we love it, isn't it? Uh, yeah, you you make that much of a loss. Uh, that money's got to come from somewhere, and you look at the ticket prices. And yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. We mentioned that at the beginning of the show, what it costs for a normal Bundesliga game, and I'm I'm quite happy with that, and and the fact that the league then doesn't spend as much money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's still competitive football at the end of the day, and the Bundesliga is competitive. It continues to be. Take Bayern out of the equation a little bit this season. You know, it's going all right so far. Good change, but it is a competitive league and still great fun to watch even with uh, less funds and finances. 